this is way better than a Black Mirror. It is weird that white trash people love their garage and they just want to be in it and smoke cigarettes in there. I'm like, just go outside or go inside. Pick one. Yeah. You don't have to be hot in the, with the fucking garage door open. Fucking leave. My parents' yeah. neighbors get drunk as hell, dude, in the garage. And they they have a TV in there. And I'm like, is there something in the house? <laughs> go in the fucking... Dude, don't you think The ones at the middle of the street? Yeah. On your parents' yep. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And he's just <laughs> out there. people bug me, too. And he's just out there getting drunk, dude. And they're, they're, they're happy. And I'm like, I honestly, dude, I wish I knew what was in the house. Sometimes I'm like, do you got fish? Are there fish in the house? Like, maybe they just have the whole house's fish tanks, dude. <laughs> That's all I can think about. I've thought about this for years. Go in the fucking house, dude. Yeah. I'm never... Dude, if, if I'm in this garage, either something's broken that I have to fix, I'm working on a project, or I'm trying to get sweaty because I'm fat. Those... Or the, or or we're doing a... We're doing Gucci's podcast. Yeah. That's it, dude. Otherwise, I'm in the fucking house chilling with the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those see that's those are the people. Like I'll walk by their house and they'll be like, "Got anything for us today?" No, like they just have to like I have to have a conversation with them. If they see me, I have to have a conversation with them. They're not like regular people where you just be like, wave or like, "How's it going?" Like, no, they have to have like a conversation with me every fucking time I walk past their garage because they're sitting out there for no fucking reason. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. I think old people are just bored too. I think that's the thing. That's part of it, and that makes me feel kind of bad. But like, if you're bored, like, be nice. Yeah, just like, wait. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. You don't have to say something shitty. <laughs> I fuck with Jimmy Buffett so hard, and here's why: that guy has had a career since like 1970, never been accused of shit. All he wants to do is party and get fucked up and vibe on the beach. I can get behind that, dude. Yeah, and he's been married to the same woman since 1976. It's not like he's like having a bunch of babies and shit, like being yeah. a bad guy. Yeah, dude. He just wants to get drunk and be on the beach. Fuck. Yeah, man. We Maybe I could just get into country music. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've been starting to. Because <laughs> I like bluegrass. Like, it started with bluegrass. I'm like, bluegrass is cool. Like, yeah. it's, it's good music. Like, they're good musicians and stuff. And that's like country music took bluegrass. Yeah. And like, bluegrass is cool because it started with like poor people. Yeah. And like, um, African-American people. <laughs> <laughs> you can say black. It's okay. Anyway. Anyway. But yeah, it started with them and then country just took it and made it like shitty. Uh -huh. So I'm like, I fucking hate country music, but bluegrass is pretty cool. But now people that do bluegrass are starting to kind of do country music too, like Tyler Childers and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's pretty dope. And then like, I don't know. I've been listening to more of it. I, uh, I added a song from that Tyler Childers guy called Dead Man's Curve. Yeah. And it's only because like it ha sounded a spooky and I'm like, ooh, maybe this would be good for the Halloween playlist. And it's not, but it has <laughs> no. a cool name, dude. Yeah. yeah. It has a sick ass fuck. And you're That's drinking a Bud song. Light, so you're obviously embracing the country lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm going to grab a beer real quick. This is that dumb. Can you grab me one? Yeah, for sure. Do you want a particular Actually, flavor? Just... All right. So today you have a special treat. You have me, Clint. And me, Jake. And we're on Gucci's. So we, Carter's out. Carter has a prior commitment. Um, so he's out this recording, but we're going to be goofing around, have a great story for you today. This is the first, I wouldn't say conspiracy because we've touched on some weird stuff, some weird stuff, but I'd say this is the first like full hog drunk uncle at the barbecue tinfoil hat buckle up conspiracy that we've covered that I would say we've like, it's a hundred percent wild as hell. That's true. Yeah, we did like the Franklin expedition and stuff, but I don't think that was really conspiracy. Yeah, yeah we haven't done any conspiracy. Yeah, theory. we've. Huh. I, I've traded lightly, dude, because there's a lot of there's a lot of podcasts. That's all they do. But this this one this is a good one. So today we're covering the Philadelphia experiment, 
And I know what you're thinking. The Philadelphia Experiment, was that that movie with Tom Hanks from the 90s? No, no, that's not. That's just Philadelphia. This one was an experiment. And that guy experimented too, but in a different way. So the Philadelphia Experiment, I have a little spiel here I have pulled up. The Philadelphia Experiment allegedly took place in 1943 during World War II. The story goes that the U.S. Navy conducted a top-secret experiment involving the USS Eldridge, a naval destroyer escort. The goal? To render the ship invisible to radar, essentially making it undetectable to enemy vessels. So that's what people allege happened. They said that they, this ship disappeared from this port in Philadelphia and reappeared in Norfolk, Virginia, and then... When it came back to Philadelphia, these people were like spliced in the middle. They're like all cut up. They're like attached to the vessel, like cut up in the middle, super messed up. And then there are people who say that like some of them had like radiation poisoning or were super nauseous when they got back, super messed up. And then there's people who say that that's horseshit. So we're going to dial it in. Um, there also was a guy who claims that during all of this, him and his brother were aboard the ship. And they jump off the ship right as it's about to disappear because they're like, don't want to get zapped. They, then they get shot to a different time. So they got shot to like 2147 the first time. And then they say when he gets there, they get treated for radiation poisoning. He's like so sick. They're like him and his brother, crazy sick. They go to this hospital. In 2147? Yep, in 2147. They go to this hospital. And he, he said all of the channels were just news and educational programs, which is bad news for us because that means we don't make it. But also, people don't do that now. I, I don't know. I don't Here's the test. Was it cable or was it streaming? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good... I didn't ask that. And then um, from there, they, they're like, in this, this world, in the future, he just alone, his brother stays in 2147, he gets shot forward to like 2734. So he gets shot forward like another 600 years. And he says uh, in the future, in 2734, he says that everyone lives in floating cities. He says that everything is an oasis. It's beautiful. People are chill. War has become a thing of the past. And then he says that like everything's good gravy, but the world is ran by an AI, like an artificial intelligence that does everything. And uh-huh. he, also, he also says there's no governments, which is kind of sick, but kind of bad too. Because I think that the world's like bad stuff still happens, but there's just no one to control it. Yeah. So then he shoots back to, to 2147. He treats this like it's an Uber, dude. He just time traveling. And he picks up his brother. He's like, hey, man, pack your shit. It's time to go back. And he said in 2147, he said another fun fact about that place was that everywhere you went, everything smelled like the inside of a KFC. So I, I really like that. Oh, yeah. Double. What was, what's that sandwich? The double double? Oh, the double down. Double down, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm lying about that. He didn't say that. Um, but he, uh, he did say when he was there, um, that, uh, oh, there was like a great, oh, that in 2005, China, Russia, and the US go to war and kill everybody. And there's only 300 million people left. And they're like rebuilding society. And so then from 2147, they shoot back to, uh, to 1986. And in 1986, they meet a doctor and this doctor's like, hey, you guys are time traveling too much. You need to shoot back to original 1942 and stop the Philadelphia experiment. And you guys are make sure it never happens. And you're like, 
Yes, sir. And they shoot back to 1942 and they're successful. And that's why there's not more shit about the film, <laughs> which is awesome. And dude, this album. That doesn't make any That's like the whole thing with time travel. If they stopped it, they wouldn't have experienced all that shit in the first place. And what's crazy too is that when they go back to when they go back to 1942, they just live regular lives. Like he doesn't use his future knowledge to make any great business decisions. And when he's an old man in 1990, he's making all these crazy claims. But the only thing that's fucked up is like in the 1980s, there's this dude. It is a pretty cheesy movie from the 1980s called The Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah, I watched some of it this morning. Yeah, yeah dude, that was a, that was wild. And and. Uh, he stole the whole fucking plot line. He, that was him. He just took that plot line from that movie. And everyone's like, yo, dog, we went to that movie too. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, he didn't talk about it until after that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's this guy's name? Uh, Al Bielik. And he uses the writings of that Jessup guy who yeah. wrote the Philadelphia Experiment, like little book that they have. Yeah. yeah. He like, he, they said that Al Bielik is just, totally full of shit and he's just trying to make money at the end yeah. but he's using Jessup's like actual story of the Philadelphia experiment okay yeah so we kind of went through the whole thing but we'll go back I, I don't know if that makes sense we just kind of ran through the whole thing but we'll go back to the original thing which is that they were trying to make this warship what kind of ship is it called uh, it was a USS Eldridge it was like a destroyer like a big ass like aircraft carrying yeah okay yeah. so this was when uh, World War II was going on and Einstein was helping the Navy yeah. at this point in time. And the whole thing that they were trying to do was disappear off radar. They're trying to use like uh, electromagnetic technology to make their ship disappear on radar. Yep. And that's where this whole thing kind of starts. Totally. And Einstein's theory, they called it unified theory, where they were using like two different forms of physics and combining them to like take people out of the physical world. So on paper, the real experiment that I think happened is they were just, you're right, just trying to make them invisible to radar. Yeah, that just, was the goal. Was yep, totally. To and they can, and it's officially jamming radar is an act of war. So they say like, that shit never happened, bro. But that definitely happens, right? Like they're just lying. Well, we were already in the war. Yep, totally. But like okay. they still, like, like when you look up, like, hey, did this ever happen? They're like, well, officially jamming radar is not cool. But, like, they fucking did it, like, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And they talk about what they really think the experiment was, was um, degaussing is what it's called. It's where they use, like, electromagnetism to do exactly what you're saying. Like, make themselves invisible from, like, you the U-boats, the subs, being able to see them and shoot them. Yeah. It, it like, just cloaks them. And this this whole thing in real life just shoots off some static electricity. And so that's probably what motherfuckers was seeing, but that's yeah. not what this dude says. This dude says they were going like hard in the fucking pain. Yeah. That's the whole conspiracy thing of it. I heard that the, so the USS Eldridge was a ship that was equipped with weapons and stuff like that, but it wasn't like a big ass like destroyer or whatever the big boats are called. This ship was made to be fast and they called it a sub destroyer or something like that. And that was the point, so they could get to the stuff fast and try to be off the radar and stuff so they could shoot down subs. Just like me, dude. I'm built to be fast, Doc. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they said that, too. And you mow down subs. Yeah, that is true, dude. They see me at Subway, and they start sweating, dude. <laughs> I see these employees start getting stressed as hell. And You just teleport in there? They said, too, like at the time, there was a port that went from Norfolk, Virginia, to the Philadelphia Bay. And it wasn't open to commercial ships at the time. It was only open to military ships. 
And the reason for that is they were, they didn't want U-boats to get in, like under the radar and blow people away, like get to Norfolk, Virginia and blow shit up. Yeah. So they claim what really probably happened is they do the degassing where they make themselves like do the magnetic field or whatever in real life. Yeah. And then they just sail down this like straightaway to Norfolk, which is very fast, like this direct passage. People see it and then they go back. And then they're like, ooh, it must have been teleportation. It's like, nah, dude, he, he just took a shortcut. Oh, that yeah. was the teleportation to Norfolk? Yeah, that's totally that's what kind of what the, the first thing. They're like, oh, yeah, we started this thing to try to make ourselves invisible on radar using, from what I've heard, it's like a Tesla coil on the boat is basically totally. what it was yeah. to mess up the electro... Mag- I don't know why I keep trying to use big words that I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> no, dude, no. Yeah, they just had a big Tesla coil, but then when they started the Tesla coil, they like teleported to Norfolk. Yep. But so that's what it was. They just totally. sailed over there. And yep. They went they back. Totally <laughs> just sailed over. But the story does sound badass. Like the story yeah. does sound fucking buck wild that you're like, yo, dude, we got spliced in half. We're stuck to the ship. It's like no one wants to hear like, yeah, the experiment went well. We just took a shortcut through a port. <laughs> it was no big deal. You know, what <laughs> yeah. I mean? you want to hear that they're doing military. And the thing that's crazy was this story would make a lot more sense if we kicked nonstop ass till the end of the war. Like if ships were just fucking disappearing and blowing away Nazis. Yeah, that's not how that went in real life, dude. The Nazis damn near won. Like right up till the end, right up until Hitler fucking blew his brains out in that little nest by himself and his wife. Dude, they were doing pretty fucking good for a single country. They're evil as hell. But it's like, dude, if we had that technology, don't you think we would know it by now? Yeah, we would have fucking killed them. And not to mention the whole war was won by, what's his name, Torig? Alan Torig? Is that what that guy's name is? Alan Torig? The guy that cracked the Enigma code that the Nazis were using. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, the guy that was, yeah. he was gay, and then they, like, took away all of his merits and shit. Yeah. Yeah, and he got so kicked he's, out. he's the one. He won, like, the entire war. Yeah, Because that that's crazy. how we knew where the Nazis and stuff were going to be. Did you watch the movie? No. With uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, so he plays Torig. I think that's what his name is. Yeah, it's Alan Torig. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he was, like, the, the founder of computer science, basically, and he was really into cracking codes and everything when he was younger, when he was in school. And supposedly he had like a lover back in school and he was gay and hit it. And then they recruited him during World War II to try to crack this code. And he made like a device, a code, a code cracking device. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's fucking wild. The movie's crazy. And the way that they solved it. So he made this like giant ass computer to try, to try to crack this code and it would just run constantly trying to crack the code. Yeah. But it was just taking too long. It was taking like days to try to do it. And it wasn't finding the solution. So finally, they had code crackers that were like intercepting messages from the Nazis to different people like their family and stuff back in Germany. And so they were intercepting these messages, but they couldn't crack the code. And what they figured out is at the end of every sentence or at the end of most of the message, they would say, Hal Hitler. Like that's how they would send off. Oh, And so they're like, OK, what's this like thing at the end? Oh, hell, Hitler. And so they type they like. Entered that. I don't know how the machine oh, worked that's like their that's like their key. Yeah, that was like their key. <gasps> yeah, so the movie's crazy. They're like about to give up on this tour guy. They're like, oh, your machine is bullshit. Like you're spending too much money and time trying to do this and it's not working. And they type that in Hell Hitler and then it bam, 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 like solves the code. Oh, that's wild. What movie is that? I can't remember what it's called. It's really good though. That sounds good. Yeah, it's really good. And then so he wins the war basically. They can't like because 
they don't want the Nazis to know that we cracked the Enigma code. Uh-huh. They can't just start intercepting like all ships and like knowing exactly where they're going to be at all times because then they would just do another code. But so what they do is they let they play dumb, dude. Yeah, they let some shit happen, which is fucked up because they know like yeah. ships are going to be shot down and stuff. But they just have to let it happen. But they stop like the big incidents. Wow, I never. That's like I've heard the story of Alan Turing just because like you hear about like. After the war, they treated him like shit. Oh, yeah. But I didn't know. That's like actually dope as hell. That's wild. Yeah. So then after the war, they find out that he's gay. He like gets caught by somebody having <sighs> sex with a man. And then they chemically castrate him because it's illegal at oh, the time to be gay. What? So they chemically castrate him, which I don't know how that works if it just blocks like testosterone or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. really know. I don't know. Yeah, but he gets all depressed and he's still working. I think he's a professor at this time after the war, but he's like all fucking depressed and he's just like locked up in his room working on computers and then he kills himself eventually. Really? I think he kills himself or maybe he just... Damn, that's such a sad ending of the story. I thought you were going to say something like like happy. What a bummer. Dude, I... That's terrible that that happened to him. But knowing... I bet it felt good to get recruited for something. That's not like... I feel like if somebody recruited me for something, it would be like... Yo, they got this deal where if you eat this big pizza, you get it for free. You yeah. know, like that's what people are calling <laughs> me for. I don't think anyone is calling me to crack any codes, man. You know it's pretty mean? cool, but they didn't have any faith in him. Like they knew he was smart, but they didn't really have any faith in him. And then he was hiding his sexuality and then they fucking Damn. turn on him once he wins. He literally won the war and started like modern technology. Because he's the reason why we have computers and stuff, basically. I mean, somebody maybe eventually would have figured that shit Damn. out, but who knows? That's a good, that's a kick, kick-ass story. I mean, sad, yeah, it's, but it's oh, interesting. So it's super interesting, though. They did, like, a posthumous um, apology and stuff. In, so his England. ghost is I like, know. hey, thanks, yeah. fuck you. Yeah, it's yeah, fucked I'd up. I'd be pissed. Yeah, I'd be pissed, too. Damn. Dude, do you, when I when I hear all this shit, I feel like if, like, this, like, popping in, this teleportation was real, that's how you get your Uber Eats by now. You know what I mean? You just yeah. be like, this is, I also, when I was doing research for the Philadelphia Experiment, I came across... Do you remember Dark Matters on Sci-Fi? Yeah. Dark Matters covered this, and I was like, damn, I do kind of miss old Sci-Fi that was just like half ghost hunters and half just shitty movies that did not go anywhere. Yeah. Where you're like, ooh, cool, I'm glad you guys didn't have to spend any money on a fucking plot line. Yeah, (laughs) I kind of miss having to watch movies, because now I go on Netflix, I have like 10 different streaming services so i try to watch a horror movie and i'm like eh. five minutes in i decide to watch something else and i just end up not watching anything for yeah, hours that's true I just watch like 10 different movies just the first five ten minutes of it but back then like sci-fi like oh i guess i'll watch the shitty yeah movie. that is true and it ends up like you remember it because it was actually kind of a good movie yeah sometimes they do get you in the end dude yeah. I, have, I have watched a shitload of movies where like the beginning sucks ass and then you're like oh okay it really came around you're like, you know, yeah. like Charlotte really did save Wilbur, like after all this <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> do you know there's a butterfly effect three? Have you no, seen it? No. Why would I how do you know that? That's I just saw it last night while I was looking for movies. Did you watch it? No, sorry, I'm pooping. No, I didn't watch it. Because the first one was awesome. The second one's fucking sucked. Can I tell you? I don't something? even really remember it, but I didn't know there was a third. The first one is my I'm not even saying this to be like an asshole. The first one is my least favorite movie I've ever watched in my entire life. What the fuck? Dude, are the you first butterfly about? effect sucked ass. He like with huh. Ashton Kutcher? Yeah, where he hung hangs himself in his mom's belly when he's a baby. Like so she doesn't ever have to meet him. That's how it ends. Oh. I don't remember that. It's and fucking terrible. And that's then, a shitty ending. I didn't even remember that. The rest of the movie's great though. Dude, he blew off his hand in one of the versions of reality, remember? 
Like with the fireworks in the mailbox? Yeah, because he yeah, tries to save the yeah, lady and, and the baby. And like because that girl wanted to be around him, she'd get abused by her dad or something. So yeah. that's how he gets her to have a good life. He like hangs himself as a baby with an umbilical cord. Well, first, so he does something. Oh, yeah, yeah. He scares her dad so that the dad doesn't abuse her anymore. And then the dad just ends up abusing the son because she has a brother. Yeah, that's so right. So he abuses the brother and then the brother's like a psychopath. And then he comes to their college like they're together in college and they're all happy and stuff. And the brother gets out of prison or jail or something and comes and he wants to talk to talk to his sister. And then he like sees that guy that's dating, his, which they're friends. I don't know why you would care that he was dating his sister. But and then Ashton Kutcher ends up killing him. And then, like, has to go back. Dude, that was a good-ass movie. I hated it. Was, it was I, depressing. I, yeah, that's why I don't like it, dude. I don't want to be fucking bummed out. Well, yeah, but it was still a good movie. I, listen, I disagree. When I watch a movie, I want... I, I, okay, I see what you're saying on paper. makes sense. But I just fucking hated it. I remember watching... The version I watched, I watched on FX. Remember? FX. FX has the movies. Yeah, yeah dude. So, like, it had everything bleeped out. But it was still, like cool i guess i'm sad now and then i remember changing it right from that going to cartoon network and watching code lyoko remember code lyoko no it moved it show sucked too dude it's about these kids that would like go into the computer and fight spiders and shit it was wild no i don't remember that at all it wasn't good you if you saw a photo of it you'd be like oh code lyoko this sucks yeah Uh, okay yeah Hmm. you remember the uh big guy in that movie that like snaps the pool cue over his leg and stuff and like the big guy. He he used to be in a lot of those types of movies. Oh, was he fat? Yeah, yeah. And he's ripped now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Did you know it's like he was addicted to opioids like crazy? No, I didn't know that. So when he was big, he was addicted to opioids and he um he was in his trailer one time. I heard this story on a podcast. He told the story, but he was addicted to I don't know what kind of opioids because there wasn't like fentanyl and stuff, but something. And so he couldn't shit like he was backed up all the time like he couldn't take a shit. And he was huge, so, like, he barely fit in, like, his trailer for movies. Mm-hmm. And he was in, like, some big movies, like, a, a big-time actor. Wasn't he in Friday Night Lights? I think he was. I think so, yeah. yeah he, he was, was like, in everything yeah. back then, yeah. But so he was in his trailer, addicted to opioids, and he runs out. And then he's trying to, he asks his dealer if he has any uh, anything left. And the dealer's like, no, nah, man, I don't have anything. So he's like, oh, shit, I got to go to the parks. There's some sketchy park that he knows of that people sell opioids. And he tries to score something there, doesn't get anything. And then I don't know if he ends up getting something that was like low grade, so it didn't really help him. But anyway, he has to take a shit because now all of a sudden he's not backed up because he's not high off opioids. So he has to take a shit and he goes in his trailer and he's like, the toilet is too small for him in the trailer because he's a big guy. Yeah, he was like like, four plus. Oh, yeah. Way over four. Don't play with that. It makes you can hear it on the mics. Oh, shit. Oh, you're good. Anyway. Anyway, so he has to take a shit and then he ends up like not being able to fit on the toilet and just shits everywhere in the trailer. And then he's like really sick. So he has to get somebody to like come change his clothes and like has to get a doctor to like prescribe him some pills so he can like get through the day. Damn. Dude, it's fucked up. And that's why he got, so he got sober. Not right after that. I don't think that was his rock bottom, but pretty close. That sounds and like. And that's why he's all ripped now. Damn. That's a pretty low rock bottom. What's that guy's name? Look, look it up. We should I don't know. I, I know that. I know the guy you're talking about. He was in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Um, we. I don't want to be mean, but I'm typing in fat actor gets ripped. <laughs> I'm typing in big guy from Butterfly Effect. Oh, yeah, shit. It pulled up. Ethan Suppley. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah, this guy? 
Yeah, my name is Earl. And stuff. Oh yeah, my name is Earl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, my name is Earl is a good ass show. Oh, that's so good. Crab Man and that chick from Joe Dirt. Shoo, boy. She's hot. The one that kind of looks like Margot Robbie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, she looks like hillbilly Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that was a good show, and that I wasn't sure it wasn't on very long either. It wasn't. I thought it was on for a couple seasons. I think it was only on for like five seasons, which I oh, guess is I yeah. mean okay. But I mean, yeah, not every show has to be on for twenty four. Dude, like the like, Big Bang Theory. Or something. Oh my god! Because you don't have to ha- like they have to have a plot. Like my name is Earl has to have something happening. But yeah, like the Big Bang Theory, it's just something different happens every week. Yeah, There's it's no, like, like oh, Sheldon sent us back in the past. It's like, mm. dude, what the fuck? And people just keep getting together and then breaking up and getting. It's like Friends. Can I ask you a question? What? If you had to watch Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon in its heyday, in like, I'm talking like the late 90s, early 2000s, what would you pick? I'm thinking probably Cartoon Network. See, exa- exactly. I asked my wife this, and she told me, I don't really watch any of that. I would have been on the Disney Channel. I'm like, dude, the Disney Channel? like Back in the day? Bro, exactly. Oh, it's like huh. they had movies, but what did they have for like con- like? And when we were talking, I was like, that's a wild suggestion. And then I a- and then I asked her, I was like, oh, if you had to date one of the guys from the Big Bang Theory, I'm like, Sheldon or Leonard, She, I was like, who would you date? And then I think she picked like the guy that's quiet, that never talks. The little guy or the Indian guy? The Indian guy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's who she picks. And I'm like, that wasn't even an option. This is the same thing. Or maybe she picked the the guy with the big nose. Yeah, the little guy. Oh, yeah, that is who she picked. Who yeah. has a really hot girlfriend. Yeah, Bernadette. Exa- dude, yeah. exactly. And she's like, oh, I think I would pick that. And I'm like, damn, that kind of made me feel better. I'm like, that's who you picked? That's a guy. That's that who <laughs> I am to you? Yeah, yeah, dude. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. But she like, the way she just did not pick one of the two options, she picked like an off the wall number three. Yeah, that's she. Yeah, she picked the little guy who dates <laughs> Bernadette. I don't even remember his name, but I don't know either. Yeah, and I was like, damn, all right. But I, I thought, I don't know, man. When I think about like peak Cartoon Network, do Courage a Cowardly Dog? Yeah, I remember. I didn't understand like how time worked exactly or dates, and I remember they had an ad for Ed, Ed and Eddie. They're like, yo, we have two new shows coming, Ed, Ed and Eddie and Cartoon Network. They're going to be on this day. Or Courage the Cowardly Dog. Sorry. Yeah, what did I say? Cartoon Network. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was going to be Courage the Cowardly Dog, and right after it was going to be Ed, Ed and Eddie. And I remember they had this big ad, and I didn't know what day that was. And I was like, Dad, remember this. And it said, like, it's going to be on at 7 Central Time. I had no idea what that meant. And I was like, do you know when this is? He's like, yes. <laughs> dude, and I would ask him every day for, like, two weeks, like, hey, dude, when is this happening? He'd be like, is this day? And I'm like, Fuck, okay. And dude, because I didn't know, I don't know what time, you know, you're a little kid. Yeah. Dude, I remember being so fucking excited. And then I watched it and I was like, all my waiting has paid off. I was so, I was like, I'm going to watch this all the time. You just have to tell me what time it's on because <laughs> I don't know. Remember, they used to be like seven o'clock central time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't figure that out yeah, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But I would see it like once and like, okay, that's what when it happened on that day. So. See, I guess we're different people because I'd be like, I had no concept of like what was going like, fuck, is this what, am I at school at this time? He's like, no, no, you'll be home. And I'm like, all right, dude, I remember being like stressed. Like, I got to see this when this comes out. You don't understand. Yeah, dude. So when, That's wild. yeah, dude, because I didn't understand. Like, I don't know. But like when I think like Nickelodeon had some good stuff, like I really liked Angry Beavers. I remember thinking that was like, so good bro dude angry beavers was good but it used to come on i don't know if it was reruns were on sunday 
but it used to come on on Sunday mornings and it was like, I think it started maybe at like nine. I don't know. I remember watching a little bit of it and then we would have to go to church. So I only watched like the first 15 minutes of like every Angry Beavers episode. Damn. I think it started at 930 and we'd watch, I would watch a little bit of it and then we'd have to get to church by 10. Uh, you'd miss out what happens at the end. Yeah. Damn, if, if, I remember if, being so bummed like, ah, I wish I was just sick so I could watch the end of this episode. <laughs> Dude, if only you had the Philadelphia experiment and you could have built a time machine and went and saw the end of the Angry Beavers. That's yeah. fucking hell. That is so funny. Yeah, dude, that sucks. Speaking of which, so do you know, so the Philadelphia experiment, we know what actually probably happened. Yeah. Was just they were trying to disappear on radar. Yeah. But do you know why it became a conspiracy theory other than they thought they teleported to Norfolk? I think people who live with their moms get really bored. <laughs> no, I'm I, saying. No. Go oh, ahead. I don't know. I, I think that's what it is, dude. They need something to talk about when they're at their conferences, not with their wives, like when they're bored and they're like perpetually single, they don't have anything going on because they work at a pizza place. <laughs> and then I, dude, I think they just need some bullshit to talk about. <laughs> that's what not you, where I thought you were oh, going to go. What were you going to say? I was, so there's a, the book, I didn't really research it though. The book that talks about it. Oh yeah, totally, totally. The you guy, the one that was that. written by Jessup. So he wrote an actual book that, that focused on, um, UFOs and anomalies that were in UFOs. And, and this guy is, what's his name again? Jessup was his last name. Morris Jessup. Yeah, that sounds okay, right. Yeah. And he, and he was, he had credentials. Like he knew he was like a physicist or something. He knew about flying craft and he yeah. wrote like a really successful book that people like thought was really interesting. And then he died a mysterious death very quickly after. But what happened was a guy named Alan Mende, or no, Carl Mende, sent him a message and is like, hey, have you ever heard of the Philadelphia Experiment? I was in the army in 1942 and we was time traveling. And and this Carl Mende would send him- I think him, it was, wasn't it Carlos? Uh, no, no, no. He, he went by Carlos. He would send him letters from both. He would oh, send okay. him letters from Carlos and from Carl. It's the same guy though. And he would always act like he was on the run and shit. And then like all these reporters who reported on it back in the day are like, we can never find him. We don't know where he is. And then I saw, I think it was something from like the BBC or from like a well-respected news establishment. They're like, we contacted him immediately. <laughs> They're like, we didn't even have to look for him. We made like two phone calls and we had this dude on the phone. And the guy said that he sent this Jessup dude a markup of his book that had annotations in the side in three different pen colors. And it made him think that three people were talking about this experiment. Yeah. But and it, they thought it was like aliens or something talking. Yeah. Because yeah. that guy wasn't, he wasn't a writer. Like he was literate, but he wasn't very literate. So he <laughs> He's like, this must be an alien talking just because that guy wasn't good at writing. Yeah, dude. And it was just that whole, it was just that dude, Carl Mende or whatever, who went by Carlos. Yeah. Do you know what that's called though? Cause I listened to something and they called it I should have looked it up more but so Jessup wrote this book and then uh the guy yeah yeah so they only made like 24 copies of the version that had his little notes in it yeah but it's, it's called something you remember what it's called? I don't remember what it's called it's like the Philadelphia it's like the I could look it up real quick I'm sure yeah I feel like we should have to t we should talk about it yeah yeah, yeah that's that a good point we don't want to just Jessup UFO book is what I'm googling I'm sure it'll pull up right away the case for UFO unidentified flying objects. The UFO Bible. Isn't that it? Yeah. Oh, no. That's UFO and the Bible. <laughs> I, I, I don't I haven't read that version yet, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
It does. It says what like his books okay. are. Okay, so it's called the Carlos Anande Papers, and it's the case for UFO on a flare. I'm sorry, unified flying objects annotated Vero version. Vero. Vero version. Yeah. Yep. So the Vero version is just the version that has his little, little notes in it. Yeah. So basically, this what's his name? Carlos Ayande? Mende. Mende? I Mende. thought it was Ayande. No, it's Mende. Oh, Carlos Mende. So this Jessup guy's into UFOs and, sh- and shit. And then this. Oh, Carlo- you're totally right. It's Alende. Alende. Okay. I'm close. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So this guy, he writes this guy that's into UFOs and stuff. And Morris Jessup, he had a master of science degree in astronomy and <laughs> through though employed for most of his life as an automobile parts salesman and a photographer he's probably best remembered for his writings of ufos <laughs> <laughs> hey dude hey you gotta have a hustle you gotta pay the bills i'm not hating on the man for having a job but you can buy the varro version the varro edition of the case for ufo unidentified flying objects you can buy that on amazon with the notes for 500 bucks damn I know what a good job. How, who sells this? We should sell that. We, yeah, could we just, should just print it off in like a regular printer and just <laughs> bind it ourselves. Yeah, a PDF, it. dude. We should yeah. just write our own shit in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. You just, could. Yeah, dude. Just talk about like how how to how to write a letter. You know, just like random stuff. How to change a tire. Yeah, yeah, dude. We'll just make random annotations in the side of this book. <laughs> and be like, bro, you should you should buy this. It's the truth. Do you want to buy the truth? And if you charge more money, they just think it's more. Yeah, they're more legit. Yeah, they're like, did this have this guy's sweat on it? And you're like, yeah, dude, you should buy it. Yeah, dude. That's semen. Yeah, that's that's part of what built up this whole conspiracy theory because Jessup writes all these UFO things, and then this Carlos Allende, Allende, yeah, guy writes into Jessup, and he's like, hey, I was there when they did the Philadelphia experiment. Yeah, and they call it something else, like the Rainbow something. I don't remember heard of that. No, anyway, there's like a Rainbow experiment or something too that they called it and that was like the actual thing anyway but the rainbow is like a code name for the allies in world war ii huh so anyway that's part of the conspiracy theory that i heard too but anyway this alunde guy is what caused like all this because he's like hey i was there when they did the philadelphia experiment and like people were like we teleported and then people like reappeared in walls and stuff and their bodies are all cut up and all fucked up yeah and then this jessup guy's like holy shit and Here's this, and I think he puts it in his book, but then Linde makes this other book where he just does Writes annotations. In the notes, yeah. yeah. And that's what that the Varro version of that is. Totally. And, and that's like people who think that's that's the legit book and it has like all the secrets because <sighs> there's aliens talking, but it's just like I didn't know how to write. Yeah, why would aliens use ballpoint pen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, and, and what's funny is after all that happened, the Al Bielbeck guy that said he was time traveling, he just added on to that. He just made like Hamlet too. He just <laughs> added some right. Ra- he has an unauthorized like fan fiction that he just made up. Can you imagine being like, yo, let me tell you what happened to Harry Potter after the story. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then they put it in a play called the cursed child and you can buy tickets for it in London any day. That's the same thing is what happened with the cursed child with Harry Potter. Did JK Rowling not write? No. That? Oh really? Yeah. She just approved it. Oh, isn't that crazy? And I mean, pe- I guess as long as she approves it, people want more of that shit. Yeah, so. people do want. Dude, but you know what? I wish there was a version of Harry Potter that happened in America. And let me tell you what would happen. <laughs> Dude, fucking the first week, like Harry Potter finds out he's a wizard. He's like, hello, I'm a wizard. Somebody killed my parents. But he wouldn't sound like that because he'd be in Kentucky but somebody kill my parents and dude he would get a gun and they would get a honda civic from 1997 and they would fucking do a drive-by on voldemort he'd be like 
break yourself, fool. Dude, and just blow Voldemort away. It it, there would be one book in Harry Potter if it was in America. Because he would have got a gun. He would have quit fucking around. Worst case scenario, homeboy comes back with like his horcruxes. Get it. You have another gun. It's endless, dude. A flying carpet. Bro, perfect drive-by vehicle. There's no tire marks. You know what I'm saying? That's true. The only reason Harry Potter works is because they don't have guns in England. Yeah, that's true. Dude, would you... Dude, and honestly, if somebody murdered your parents, Jake, would you spend eight fucking years messing around? Or would me and you go fight that guy immediately? Well, but he was a kid when his parents got killed. But yeah, definitely when I grew up. Dude, you know what I'd do? I would straight up just... set up like mean Craigslist pranks on him. Like say he was giving away free dogs and shit yeah. and people would just call. Remember you do that to Rick? Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you like said that you were, he was giving away free golden retriever puppies and people just kept calling his phone. I forgot about that. Why did I do that? Cause you're a bastard. <laughs> you're just me, dude. That was That's funny. Just, it's weird that I would do that to Rick. Yeah. I don't know. You guys had a, you, some kind of prank thing going. I don't know. It, was it must wild. have been when he worked at blackjack. Yeah. It was wild. It was. Yeah. And people just kept, and you also said that he had a go-kart that you'd give him a deal on <laughs> if people called. So people just fucking called his phone. That's what I'd do if I was Harry Potter and Harry Potter was in America. I would just set up like mean Craigslist shit about him yeah. and just, start all these order fake pizzas for him. I'd be like, hello, can I get 85 pepperoni pizzas? Can you make that out to Voldemort? And then I'd put his address and shit and Voldemort would be like going broke trying to pay for this hot hot pizza. Who's going to pay for this? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Or I'd like, ooh, you know what I'd do? I'd get in Voldemort's girlfriend's DMs and be like, yo, Voldy's talking to other girls. And she'd be like, Voldy, what? And like, fuck, you know, stab him and shit. You'd yeah. be like, yeah, dude, he's trifling. Yeah, dude, that's what I'd do if, if Harry Potter was in America. I'd fuck his life up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So is there more that we have to talk about with this? No, the Philadelphia. Like we're leaving something out. No. Or we're not. So the Varro, oh, Jessup. So Jessup, when he died, he killed himself by carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, he did die suspicious. Yeah, and there was something, there was some guy that was coming forward that had other information about maybe the Philadelphia experiment. I can't really remember. I don't know, dude. I I, I think anyone was just like trying to make 85 bucks. I think people. Were yeah. Just some guy had contacted him and said he had like information and Jessup was about to come up with a breakthrough about UFOs and then suspiciously he dies. Do you by think killing himself? But do you think there's anything to any of this? The no. Philadelphia experiment? I don't listen. There's some conspiracies where I'm like, all right, I might, but the Philadelphia experiment, I don't see anything like that. I do think Jessup died suspiciously. I'll give you that. Yeah. He was only marginally involved in the Philadelphia Experiment discussion. He was more focused on UFO shit. He did write a little bit about the Philadelphia Experiment. So he did die suspiciously. I'll give you that. Yeah. But the rest of the Philadelphia Experiment, I'm like, bro, come yeah. on. Well, the, the reason I don't believe it is because the Philadelphia Experiment, like the actual experiment, there's nothing. Like nobody really says they were there besides in that book. Yeah. Like that's the only thing that gives it credence, but like the actual experiment wasn't like a thing. And really. if, dude, if they would have done an experiment, do you think they would have done a dry run without the soldiers on the air, on the on the battleship? Yeah, I guess that's part of the thing too, is they're like, Well, if this really happened, can we just contact the people that were there, like on the crew that were there totally. at the time? Yeah. And they have, and then they say that supposedly there was a part time crew, like a fill in crew that were there for just the experiment. <laughs> And all those people either died or had radiation poisoning and they're dead or whatever. So that's why we can't contact them. I saw another thing where some people came forward who were on the USS Eldridge and they're like, this never happened. This is bullshit. We, and yeah, like, that's what most people say. Yeah. But that's why they're like, well, this was a part-time crew. So Ooh, we don't know who it was. The, the, night, yeah. the night shift, dude. Night yeah. shift was fucking around. Dude, you know, what I, you know what's crazy? It's like, there's no way they could keep this a secret if this was, you know what I mean? Like it would, yeah. did you ever, did you ever practice asking out a girl when you were young? 
Like in my head, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And they would have done that with the Philadelphia experiment. And the version of in their head is, let's do it without soldiers on the boat. Like flip the switch and let's see what happens. They want to splice a bunch of dudes. You don't just walk up to a girl in seventh grade and ask her if she wants to go steady. You yeah. have to ask in the mirror a couple of times, dog. You have to talk to your pillow a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they could have just done it while they were in the dock. They didn't have to like go exactly. sailing with a crew of people. Yeah, work stuff. your way up to it, dude. Talk to the cat. Talk to your dog. But and also, then ask Mariah. See what Mariah wants to do then. You know what I'm saying? But also, they were just trying to disappear off radar. They didn't think anything was going to happen. Yeah, and that is this true. Happens. Yeah. No. I, I, this is one where I'm like, I don't think, I don't think shit happened, bro. I don't, I think this one's fake. Yeah. I think it's fake. I don't think anything happened. Yeah. I don't think we get our ass beat for, or like have a hard fight, not even necessarily get our ass beat, have a hard fight for another three years. If we have time travel technology, if we had time travel technology, why not just go in the past and blow Hitler away? You know what I mean? Like yeah. when he was 25, like before he did a bunch of evil shit, you know, it's like, I don't know. And, and like the Al Bielik guy, the guy who said he was time traveling, who didn't even know Jessup wasn't involved at all. Yeah. He said that there was a war in 2005 between China, Russia, and the U.S. That didn't happen. So I'm like... Pfft. Yeah, but he stopped the Philadelphia experiment. Maybe. So maybe that's why. And you know what, dude? Even if even if Al Bielik was full of shit, I, here's why I'm okay with him lying. Because he entertained nerds. Like, yeah. Whoever paid to see him at a Star Trek conference and paid their $35, they heard a story. And that guy delivered a service. Good for him. King, we're clapping for Al Bielik. Good for you, Al Bielik. You made your money. R.I.P., dude charlatan yeah that's what i mean like this conspiracy theory some are damaging but this one is just fun yeah this one like, is. i'm not gonna be mad like oh it's such bullshit yeah, like, yeah i think it's it's fun to think about they also talked about the people the crew that were on the ship so they had radiation poisoning and stuff but then they also were disappearing like they would just like come and then they would disappear uh, supposedly there's like yeah. a bar fight did you hear about that yeah no. where a guy disappeared yeah yeah and so what they would do is they would touch them to try to keep them there. Like all the crew would like touch the guy to try to keep him from disappearing. Yeah. That's just another fun fact that was happening. The guy that disappeared at that bar bar thing, he came forward later and he's like, yo, I got caught with a fake ID. <laughs> he's like, I got caught underage drinking and they just kicked me out instead of like getting me in trouble. So like, that's what happened. And I'm like, that's hilarious, dude. That's so funny. Yeah. That's like the Lord of the Rings. What do you mean? When he puts on that ring. Oh, when he just goes invisible. Yeah. Can you imagine if you use that just for drinking? You're like, Zzz, and you're just drinking <laughs> four loco. You know what I've been thinking about? What? Okay. Um, if you could pick a superpower, I'm not going to, I'll give you a prompt after if you don't guess the right superpower, that's the best superpower. Sure. But what do you think is the best superpower? And there is two right answers possibly. Sure. Telekinesis, I think is one where you can move stuff and read minds. That's a good one. And the second one would be, dude, is that you can just make money appear. They, no, they, they call so. this the Kim Kardashian. What do you think it is? Okay, I'll give you a prompt. You could pick any superpower, super strength. Sure. Telekinesis. Sure. You could teleport. Sure. You could turn invisible. Sure. Super speed. Sure. Um, time control. Yeah. Okay, now what would you pick? Maybe time control, but telekinesis is pretty badass. Telekinesis is cool, but I think it's either time control or teleportation. Yeah, teleportation is cool, but teleportation won't bring your wife back to life. But then I guess neither will tell. Like, yeah, I don't think any of them would. Yeah. Well, time control. Oh, could, you, hey, you're right. Time control. You're right. You yeah. won that argument. But here's the thing with telekinesis, dude. You would always win at poker. You know what I mean? You could read minds. And you could play the stocks, play the ponies. You know what I mean? You could get in that horse's mind. Make all the horses lose, baby. You yeah, if, but if you could stop time, you could just pause time and go look at their cards. Oh, like, I guess I think, that's a good point. I think time control is like the the ultimate superpower. 
The only problem is because I've thought about it. I'm like, that's the one. Yeah. Right. But teleportation, you could go to like Australia in a a second. And if you have time control, you could also pause time and go to Australia, but it would take fucking ever. See, if I could, (laughs) if I could teleport, I would just be buying good deals on Craigslist and then reselling them here. That's what I would use it for. I'd be like, dude, this is a really rare Yu-Gi-Oh card. (laughs) You know what I mean? In in Belfast, I'm going to just teleport there real quick, buy it for 45 bucks in a parking lot of a subway, teleport back here, sell it for a couple grand. Maybe because, but I'm also simple minded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was also thinking about it too. There's, there's superpowers that are just for good and some that are just for bad. Yeah, that is true. Or I mean, you could use like super strength. I guess you could be a bad guy. But yeah. you're probably just going to be like a Superman type of guy. But like teleportation, you're probably just going to be stealing money and like <laughs> robbing banks and shit. But you might also be doing cool stuff. But time control, you're definitely just doing shady shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all true. You're doing. Yeah, it's you're like just fucking like in Back to the Future. You're just stealing a sports almanac and making sports bets and becoming a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, that is true. You know the the worst like bad superpower is though what like just for bad people probably what invisibility. Like, what are you going to use that for? Yeah, you're a pervert. Yeah, Yeah, you're just a pervert. That's all. That is true. Invisibility. Yeah, there's only, I can't think of anything good. You're not like saving babies from fires. Yeah, there's nothing. The fire doesn't care you're invisible. Yeah, that's true. You're not going to win a war. You're just a pervert. Yeah, Yeah. that is true. Damn. All right. Well, uh, we've covered the Philadelphia experiment. We have a scary story. A, A user wrote in. His name's Jeffrey Chubbs. You know Jeffrey Chubbs? Is that your cousin? No, no. I I, oh, I got yeah. chubby cousins. Anyway, anyway, do you want to read this one? Yeah, let's, it have, matter. let's have you read this one. It's been a while since you've read one. And if you guys haven't listened to Goochers before, we do kind of a rundown of spooky topics and we don't cover it very well. And then at the end of the episode, we read a story that you guys sent to us. Yeah, or sometimes we write them. This one's a user submit um, from Jeff Chubbs. So um, Jake's going to read it. Yeah, and if you have a story, we will read it guaranteed. We're not like these other podcasts where you send in a story and don't know what's going to happen. Guaranteed, baby. We're going to read it guaranteed. Yeah. So this story is called Love Through the Glass. Once upon a time in a quaint little town nestled among rolling hills, there lived a young man named Daniel. He was a strapping fellow with bright eyes and a heart full of dreams. His love, Emily, was the very essence of his world. They were inseparable, sharing dreams, laughter, and countless sunsets. But as the wind of fate, winds of fate often blow, they found themselves on the cusp of a great change. The year was 1942, and the world was engulfed in tor- turmoil of World War II. Of the turmoil in World War II. Is it Daniel or Danielle? Daniel. Okay. It's a guy. Daniel, <laughs> I have a hard time reading and like understanding the story. Sorry. Daniel felt a call Daniel felt a call to duty and he knew he had to join the ranks of soldiers heading off to a distant lands before he left he handed Emily a framed picture of himself capturing his radiant smile and twinkling eyes with tears in her eyes she kissed the picture and promised to keep it close to her heart as Daniel marched off to war he carried the Im- image of Emily with him and it became his source of strength but alas War is a cruel mistress, and it was not long before news of Daniel's demise reached his hometown. Emily, devastated by the news, placed the framed picture of her beloved on the mantle of her cozy living room. Time, or at least what felt like time, moved differently for Daniel now. He was no longer part of the living world, at least not in the way he once was. He existed as a presence, 
a flicker of consciousness within the confines of the framed picture on Emily's mantle. It was a peculiar existence, for he was only conscious when Emily was in the room. As he watched her life unfold through the, gla- through, through the glass frame, he marveled at her resilience and grace. Emily, the love of his life, had grown older gracefully. Her once bright eyes, now seasoned with the wisdom of time, her raven hair streaked with silver. He watched as she lived her life, finding solace in the memory of her lost love, him. One day, as Emily stood before the picture, her hand trembling slightly, Daniel had a realization that sent a shiver down his spectral spine. He wasn't part of the world anymore. He wasn't living a life beside her. He was trapped in that frame. In that moment, he saw the truth clearly. He had died, and his existence was now limited limited to the small space within the picture. A sense of longing welled up within him. He wished he could hold her, comfort her, and share in her joys and sorrows once more. But all he could do was watch, a silent observer, as Emily whispered, I miss you, Daniel. I wish you were here with me. As her words hung in the air, Daniel couldn't contain his feelings any longer. Emily, he whispered. Emily. He whispered, his voice filled with a mixture of joy and sorrow. I've been here all along, but I can't leave this picture. I'm only alive when you're in this room. Emily's eyes widened with astonishment as she turned to the picture frame. The image of Daniel shimmered with a soft golden light, and suddenly he was standing beside her, a young man with a familiar smile and twinkling eyes. Tears welled up in Emily's eyes as she reached out to touch him, her hand passing through his incorporeal form. Daniel, is it really you? He nodded, his heart bursting with love. Yes, Emily, I've never truly left. I've been watching over you all these years. In that magical moment, the boundaries between the living and the, and the beyond blurred, and Emily and Daniel embraced. They were together once more, their spirits intertwined, and the love that they shared proved that even death couldn't, ex- couldn't extinguish the fire of their connection. Thanks, Jeb. Or Jeff. Jeff Chubbs. <laughs> Jay Chubbs. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the story. That was good. Yeah, dude, that was a good story. Um, and thanks for listening to Goochers. I'm Clinton. I'm Jake. And follow us on Instagram and on Spotify. Tell your people you know. We love making it for you, baby. Send us your spooky stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.